If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet is of utmost concern. But there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here is your host, Brian Bailey. Welcome, everyone, to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. This week, we are going to be talking about dogs in the public and what they're, what they're doing. I, I have to sit back sometimes and wonder, what the hell? Uh, just the other day, I was walking down the sidewalk, and there's a couple in front of me with a dog on a retractable leash. Now, we'll talk about that in a second uh, because I have a real beef with retractable leashes. But nevertheless, I was able to observe two joggers running past this couple. And in both occasions, the joggers had to literally at the last second dive out of the way to avoid being bitten by their dog when they went by. Twice that happened. And it was in about a five-minute span. Well, a couple of minutes go by, and I'm still behind them, about maybe about 100 feet behind them. And another jogger comes running from behind me and then runs past them. Well, this time the dog wasn't aware of that jogger and therefore the jogger wasn't able to heed the warning that the dog had given the previous two that were making a frontal approach. And as he went by, the dog lunged and bit him right in the leg. And it was a good bite. It took a little bit to get the dog off his leg. Needless to say, he was upset. I would be upset. He had every right to be on that sidewalk. In fact, that is located near our home right on the Mississippi River, and it's an eight-foot-wide sidewalk. And twice these owners had seen their dog lunge for people, and it was at the end of that 30-foot retractable leash. They made no effort to control their dog whatsoever. So here's here's where it gets really interesting. So when they get the dog off of him, do they apologize? No, not one bit. In fact, they immediately try to cast the blame on the jogger. They made statements like, had we known you were coming up from behind us, we would have reeled our dog in. No, you wouldn't. I watched you on two separate occasions make no effort whatsoever to control your dog. Then when they realized that this jogger wasn't buying that excuse, he had every right to be on that sidewalk. They immediately tried to switch victim roles. And they went on to say that they had just recently adopted a dog and it had come from an abusive relationship and that it was probably suffering from a PTSD type condition. And therefore, its aggression was not the fault of the dog. Perhaps so. But the fault of the dog lies with them. And they made no effort. Even once the bite was over to control their dog, the dog was still lunging. It was still barking. Finally, the jogger, you know, used his own brain and said, I'm done with this. And he ran off. And I overheard him say as he was leaving, what I deserve is an apology. I deserve to be on this sidewalk. What I don't deserve is your dog. Correct on both counts. So that's what this show is about, is what's happening in America. Every time we turn around, there it is in the news. Dog runs off property and attacks a bicyclist. 
Dog attacks child in an airport. Dog attacks man on a Delta flight. You tell, tell us about that, Kira. Well, I think it just happened not too long ago. A man, was he boarded a flight in Atlanta, and his, his seat was by the window. So he walked in front of someone who was sitting in the middle seat and had like a 50 or 60-pound dog sitting in their lap. And when he went in front of the person who was sitting in the middle seat to get his seat at the window, the dog started growling at him and giving him that, you know, that look said it made him very uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, the dog just launched on him and attacked him in the face. And he ended up with like 28 stitches in his face. So they had to take him off the airplane and send him to the emergency room to get treatment. I bet it had a vest on that said service animal. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure. But I think there's going to be a lawsuit, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, again, when you are out in the public, you have the right to be there as long as that area is open, as long as you abide by the laws that govern that area, you have every right to be there. You don't have the right to take an uncontrolled animal out into the public. You just don't. We're going to talk about that in a minute because I think that's part of the problem is that we have, we are very confused. We're a confused society and some of us aren't the least bit confused. We know exactly what we're doing. We know our dog's not a service animal. We know our dog's a threat, but we take it out there anyway. Um, so, guys, as you can tell uh, on this show, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick here, and that, that pun was not intended. Uh, but if you, if you don't want to listen to this, then I, I just advise go ahead and hop off the air now because I am going to talk about it. It is a problem. In fact, in the last two years, dog attacks to people in the public have risen 30 4%. That is ridiculous. No way that should be happening when we have the means to prevent that. We have the ability. We just don't do it. It's as though we've become so self-centered. That's all we can think about is ourself and our dog. The welfare of us and our dog over the other people who are visiting that park, walking down the street, riding their bicycles. None of us deserve your dog if you have the type of dog that would bite that jogger. No way. Um, right now, for those of you who are on Facebook Live, and yay, uh, we, we do have Facebook today. Live today. It actually worked. Okay. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, we're going to roll a video. There's a little bit of a graphic scene in here. But this is a lady who was in Canada, and she was opening the door for another woman. So I'm going to describe it to you people on the radio. They're at a public building. Again, this is not someone's home. It is a public building. Now, this lady is being very courteous. She's offering to open the door for another lady who is about to enter the building with her dog. The dog appears to be a large pit bull. Now, again, we're not picking on breeze here. I'm calling it the way it is. This is a video and it was on the news as reported in Canada. As the lady approaches the entrance to the building, her dog on a retractable leash immediately attacks the woman opening the door. So go ahead and roll this, Joshua. We're going to show it on Facebook Live. Right there, as soon as the lady starts to enter the building, the owner of the dog, it attacks the, the poor woman who was simply opening the door uh, and being courteous. 
And in this scene now, the dog has her by her right leg. It won't let go. The other owner's trying to get it off. It's not coming off, typical of the breed. Uh, once they lock those jaws, it's very difficult to get them uh, off. Now, again, this, this particular incident would have occurred even if it was on a four-foot leash, even if it was on a leather leash. It wouldn't have mattered. They were so close. close quarters. Yeah, very close quarters there. And with dogs, as I've explained in previous episodes, there are two zones around every moving mammal. Us are dogs. There's a threat zone and there's a critical zone. And the threat zone is where I perceive a threat. And I start making movements and sounds to make the threat go away because you don't want to make contact. Contact is very risky. But at some point, should the threat not leave, it ignores your growl, ignores those hackles up, it ignores that stare, it ignores you standing taunt, tail up. Then you will suddenly meet at what's called the critical zone. And in the critical zone, it's a fight or flight decision at that moment. And unfortunately, whether you're on a retractable leash, whether you're on a short leash, it doesn't matter that you cannot use the option of flight. And this large dog, which appeared to be a good 80, 90 pounds. It's a good sized dog, yeah. Oh, amen. Uh, immediately launches onto this lady as soon as they, this woman is in the dog's critical zone, which the critical zone was moving with the dog. So again, a, a nice courteous lady opens the door. And a second later, there's a dog hanging off of her right thigh. And she's injured severely. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't think this was the first incident. It doesn't say. But there's no way that this was a first-time bite. There are, or at least, let me rephrase that. This, there was no way that this was a first-time incident. No way. It just doesn't evolve like that. This person knew they had a dog that had the potential to be dangerous. They knew it. And if they ever said different, I'd call them out on it in a heartbeat. But yet they take their dog out into the public. I don't get it. I don't understand why it's happening. I have a few theories as to why it's happening. And I have a few theories of those of colleagues and, and other people who are experts in the, in, the, in the field that have chimed in. And we'll go over those. Um, I do have a beef with retractable leashes, as we saw in that video there. Here you have an animal who is probably 80 to 90 pounds of pure muscle who has a physical features that are highly evolved to attack another dog, to attack another human, to chase down large prey and subdue it. And you're going to use a $5 piece of plastic as the break to prevent that from happening. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that telltale snap as the cable pays out. And you're just going, oh, no. Oh, no. I hear it coming. It's, it happens all the time. Those tools, correct me if I'm wrong, Joshua, but those tools were originally designed to do only for training for two behaviors, come when called and to fetch. Correct. Both in which you have to take up, uh, without that device, you'd have to take up all that slack. And sometimes in dog sports, like in shoots and ring sport and so on, these dogs can actually come to you faster than you can take up the slack of that leash. Absolutely. 
And therefore, in a precision type sport like that, where the dog has to immediately sit or immediately do what's called a flip turn, you don't have the ability to train that if you still have 20 of the 30 feet of leash still laying out there on the field somewhere. Right. Yeah, I think uh, at some point, uh, someone looked at a tape measure and went, ah, that's, that's a good idea. I think we should do that, you know. <laughs> uh, so I get it. I, I love the tool for that. And I think it's fine if you want to use potty, use it as a potty training tool at your home. Well, and I also want to say that I think it's a great tool once your dog is already trained to obey leash laws, but also give your dog, um, you know, some leeway. But I, it's not just for your average dog to take out to the park or, and if the dog has had no recall training already, it, I mean, I think it's a, a great tool for things like that. But if you don't have control of your dog on a basic leash, you sure as heck don't need a retractable flexi lead. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, where we live, I have a upstairs enclosed, glassed in enclosed uh, area that one of my neighbors and a client of ours <laughs> has called it my laboratory. And all the people walking by on this three mile long park overlooking the Mississippi River, it's really beautiful in that eight foot sidewalk, are my lab rats. <laughs> and I kid you not, if I watch a hundred people walk by with their dogs, oh, a good 90 are on retractable leashes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I hate those. So again, I, I think I got that message apart, so I'm not going to beat that thing to death. I just don't like them for, to use with a dog outside of what you said, Joshua. They're just dangerous. Okay? They've caused way too many accidents. Okay. So what's happened? What's happened here in America? Well, in the last two years, again, the amount of attacks to people in public settings. Again, this is outside of your property. But that has its own issue, and we'll talk about that coming up here. But in a public setting, there's been a 34% increase. I bet we wish our economy would go up by 34%. Uh, I wish my, my income went up by 34%. There's a lot of things I wish I had 34% increase in. But I darn sure don't want a 34% greater chance of now being bitten Anytime I'm outdoors, because Kira, we're outdoors all the time. Every day, no matter the weather, we go for our walk. Amen. We're these crazy people. We'll sit on our front porch all bundled up with beanies and down jackets, and (laughs) and people walk by looking at us, but we we just love the outdoors, and we're going to be out in that public. We're going to be in those national parks where dogs are supposed to be on leashes, and again, I don't count encountering your dog a full minute and a full 30 feet before your owner shows up around that trail as being on a leash. You have zero control. Uh, But we've got that happening. So as a result, well, finally, America is taking notice. And of course, who's one of the agencies or one of the entities that is taking notice first? Of course, you can guess it. Let me give you one second. Insurance companies. Of course, the the same companies where you can't get earthquake insurance in earthquake areas. You can't get flood protection in a flood area. You can't get any sort of protection for a hurricane in Florida. There you go. The very company that stacks the deck in their favor. Yeah, they're pretty savvy to this stuff. And they picked up on it really quick. And now all of a sudden, in a move to CYA is what I call it type move, they are no longer extending Coverage. Now, when I say they, I say, let me change that to some. 
Not everyone's on board that, but some insurance companies have, as a consequence, this rise and increase in aggression are no longer offering coverage off of your property. In fact, they call it premises only coverage, only on your property. And some have said, well, okay, hold on, hold on. We need to add to that. There needs to be an addendum here because we got another problem. There are dogs on people's property who are an issue. So it doesn't matter where the bite occurs. It's the fact that this thing can bite. And when it does, it can do a tremendous amount of damage. And now all of a sudden, some companies are excluding any dog that has the title of a protection dog or guard dog or breeds such as pit bulls, rottweilers, akitas, doberman pinchers, bull mastiffs, king corsos, german shepherds. That list goes on and on. I still have about 10 more to go, and I'm not going to take up the time reading because you can look it up. But with those, they have now excluded all bodily injury liability protection, which means it doesn't matter if these breeds are on or off your property. If they bite someone, the owner's not covered, period, period. So those of you out there listening, watching on Facebook Live, if you have one of these breeds, I would check and be very transparent with your insurance company. And those of you who think that you can play games and split hairs and say, well, I have a Rottweiler mix. I have a pit mix. I have a mutt. You might want to compare some pictures of your dog with the actual breed because I have had to serve as an expert witness more times than I care to in jury trials. And let me explain something to you. First thing that's going to happen is they're going to strike anyone from the jury that's ever owned a dog. Uh, no empathy. Then number two, they will make sure that they can use every piece of science that they can to determine if it's close enough to one of these breeds. And if it is, well, there you go. It's not good news. Be very transparent. It's kind of like the old saying, which devil's worst, the one you know or the one you don't know. You might as well know it now and make sure that you're covered. You don't want anyone to get hurt, but by golly, you don't want to lose everything you've worked for, your, your, your children's education, their, their, your future. You don't want to lose all of that. And that can happen in the blink of an eye, in the blink of an eye. So we got to be careful about that. Make sure you are very, very transparent and, and, and with your insurance companies. As a matter of fact, I would advise you to contact your insurance company and make sure you're not one of these on the premises only. Find out exactly what you have. And if you're not satisfied, no one says you have to stay with who you, you currently have. I had to switch for that exact reason. Did you? Yeah, I, I do own a, a pit bull. And uh, I had to switch insurance companies, renter's insurance, because of that exact reason they wouldn't cover us. Mm. Oh, I cannot, I cannot tell you how many people I've told this to and they've gone, that look on their face is, oh, no, oh, no. Really? And next thing you know, they go home and they check and they contact me. They said, Brian, you're absolutely right. We were not covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys, make sure you check. The, again, businesses are becoming very savvy. All right, guys, we're going to cut away to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another consequence of this 34% increase in aggression here. Uh, in the United States, uh, out in the public settings. And then we're going to get into what the heck do we do about it? What's, what's the cause and, and what do we do about it? 
how do we make this go away? How can we just know that we can go out there and not run the risk of being bitten by someone's dog? So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Sit, stay. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are talking about dog bites out in the public. You know, dog bite is bad no matter where you get. But again, if you're out in the public... You just really, unless you go looking for it, really don't expect it. You don't. And here's another thing that I, I don't know, maybe it's the era in which I grew up in. I don't know. I grew up in an era in which when you saw a service dog, it was real. Yes. You it was real. go pet them. Yeah. That, you, they were a working dog. You left them alone. And, and they were working dogs. Yes. I've seen C&I dogs crawl up underneath the table at a restaurant. And even though the, the, the person who had the dog, the disabled person with his party. We saw one while we were out in L.A. We that, did, yeah. That dog that was underneath that table for a, probably a an hour time. and a half, and you never even knew the dog was there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm accustomed to when I see service dog, working dogs, gentle animals, animals that want to help the human that they're with. They just have that spirit about them, and they have spot-on, precise training yes and that's 
what I expect. So when someone comes up next to me at a restaurant or at a grocery store with a dog wearing a serving vest, uh, service vest, the last could be serving too, <laughs> but uh, the last thing I expect is to suddenly feel a bite, a growl, be jumped on, or see the dog urinating on the produce. Slapping up all the food that fell off the table. and Yeah. yeah. You just, you don't expect that. And that's what's happening. There's been a drastic increase in fraudulent service dogs. People passing them off. And it's one thing, again, to see the dog eating the food off the floor or to urinate on produce and so on and so forth. It's a whole nother issue when they attack people. That should be criminal. Absolutely criminal. Um, but because this is happening at an alarming rate, and definitely as of within the last two years, when everyone's finally, finally starting to take notice of this, we now have some businesses now enacting stricter leash laws. A lot of states are enacting stricter leash laws, municipalities. Walmart, Publix, and Target no longer allow emotional support dogs or therapy dogs. After a multitude of complaints from customers that saying that they were bitten by these types of dogs, or again, they saw them acting in ways that were not appropriate. So those three, now, if you know, those three took that measure, who's going to do it next, which is a real crying shame because I know here at Taming the Wild, we love to take dogs to Lowe's, Home Depot, Sports Academy, Walmart are used to a lot of these businesses to train them so they can behave appropriately in the public. How are you going to learn to behave appropriately in the public unless at some point after your initial training, you have control of the dog, the dog's control can now be furthered in the public. So it's a real kind shame. It's just a snowball effect, a tropic cascade that's just spiraling downward and downward. Uh, On top of that, now Delta American Airlines and United Airlines have really stiffened their rules on service and support animals uh, in travel. They've limited even service dogs. Valid service dogs can no longer be on certain flights. Oh, I, I, I don't know if it's the exact hours uh, it is or what those rules are, but I know that they have tightened those down drastically. Well, they've, they've even gotten specific on breed restrictions, even if it is a service animal. Um, Delta Airlines, anyways, I know. So the peacock doesn't count. Right. right. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, I won't go down that line. Service pony. Yeah. 23 states have recently passed legislation that punishes, thank goodness, I just don't know if the punishment is enough, uh, for people who are fraudulently passing their dog off as a valid service dog. And these fines now range from two hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars. It's just hard to believe. You know, there there are people out there that are willing to lie and cheat the system just so they can take their dog with them everywhere they go. Well, we know that there are people who are doing that because we get the calls. We get calls from people who want us to train their dogs to do it, and they don't have a valid reason for it. Well, and I mean, I, I've run into multiple times where people will say, uh, you know, my dog is, is, you know, my husband's service animal. He, he did, he was just that good. He didn't even really need any training. He's, but he's my, you know, and it's, it's coming from a lack of education. I don't think really a lot of the times it's people thinking, 
oh, I'm going to cheat the system. I think a large portion of it is just lack of education. Indeed. Yeah, I agree. So when you know, we, we start to think, what is going on here? Why? Why suddenly? Alec, out of nowhere, it's kind of like a, when locusts come up out of the ground every 17 years, you know, we are cicadas. We, where did this come from? What is causing this? You know, you have to think a lot. And, and, and a lot of my theory is simply based upon experience, observations, listening to thousands of people on a yearly basis, and just being immersed in it. I think one of the major reasons that is happening is that some people truly have become, become so concerned about their welfare of their dogs that I just don't think they take into consideration the welfare of others. It's as though they, they know they have a problem dog, but they can't stand to leave their dog at home. Yes. It's and, a codependency. Yeah. And then there are people who just, that's how they go out into the public. Uh, they kind of need a dog to go out into the public. And then there's just others who, I just want to take my dog with me and I don't care about your rules because your rules don't apply to me. I mean, how enticing is that? I mean, how, you know, I'm a dog lover. I love my dog. Um, what a world it would be if I could just, hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store, dog tags along with me. I mean, th- that sounds wonderful. And how easy is it to buy a $20 vest online, get your little fake card, and then you're good to go. And then there's even laws in place where people aren't even allowed to ask if it's a valid service dog or ask for any any proof of it. They're they're not allowed to ask for proof in any way, shape, or form, which you know could go both ways, whether you think that's a good but or bad thing. Those laws are changing, though. Those laws they? are changing. They're changing, and we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, I think another one of that a problem that we have, and you you alluded to it earlier in the program, Joshua, was about is it a matter of I can't or I won't control my dog in the public, or or we just become confused as to what we can and can't do, and what we should or shouldn't do with our dogs in the public. I think it's a standards issue. I mean, I think people get comfortable with the way in which that their dogs behave. And then they also don't really know what their dogs are capable of doing. They kind of go, well, it's a dog. It's kind of like the boys will be boys thing. And, and they think their dog is this certain way and they love their dog for who it is. And then they, they get okay with those behaviors and they don't know that it's, that it's possible to take it forward and, and better. I, I genuinely think that sometimes it goes right back to the lack of education. Yeah. So a couple areas uh, that I, that I want to talk about that I think that we definitely have issues with. Uh, and again, it all stems from confusion. And my grandfather used to have a saying, thinking right leads to doing right. And I, again, I always considered him to be a very bright man. So I'm, how, how do we do right if we can't think right? So if we have any confusion, let's clear it up now. One area that I think we're definitely confused about is we have confused rights with responsibilities. In other words, we think that our dogs have the right to go to places. Again, unless you have a valid service dog with a valid need, your dog has no legal rights. It has a privilege but no legal rights. In the eyes of the law, a dog, regardless of what you think of your dog, is merely property, which means it has no more legal right to be in the public than my refrigerator. It just doesn't. That's the law. So therefore, I think we need to start thinking, hey, it's a privilege to take my dog into the public. It's a privilege, a privilege that I've, I should be able to also think I earned. I earned that privilege 
I did. I worked hard. My dog's under control. I can't wait to take it out there. I can't wait. Like you said, Josh, I want to take my dog everywhere with me. But it's a privilege, a privilege, not a right people. So get that out of your head. It's a privilege. And as you're finding out, as it happens with a lot of privileges that are abused, it's being revoked. And it's going to sour it for everyone, not just one person, but for everyone. That's going to make me so sad when we can't travel with the rats anymore. Clarify that, Kara. They're Morkies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're not rodents. They're little Morkies, little Maltese Yorkie mixes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Another one with the service dog issue, I think, is that we have confused disillusion with disability. And as I wrote in a recent blog, you may think that because you're introverted, that a dog with you on a date that you're going to use to break the ice, that you're being introverted is a disability. It, it, I, well, it can be, but <laughs> it's not the one that we're talking about. Also, we're talking about people who just need animals as a pillar of support for them uh, because they don't like scary movies and they don't want to go to this particular place by themselves because uh, otherwise you're going to look like a wallflower, so on and so forth. Guys, those aren't disabilities. Uh, for my entire career, most of it has been spent in the land of pharmacotherapy, the land in which we have Dogs suffering from mental illnesses, mental disorders. And you can't study that and know that because the physiological stress response among mammals is non-specific. So you can't learn about treating dogs with antidepressants and benzodiazepines and agonists and so on without knowing about the human part. So therefore, I kind of know what is a disability. And what really isn't. And you kind of know too. Most people know. And if they don't know, then they usually have it pointed out to them by a real professional who does know. Uh, So again, before we actually go out into the world and try to convince everyone we have a service dog, make sure you have a real disability that requires real help from a real service dog. Another area is, I think we have confused autocracy with democracy. Guys, next episode, next week, we are going to get into training, training methodologies. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. When you take your dog into the public, you are responsible for keeping me safe and everyone else. And that means you take absolute control over your dog, which means Just by definition, absolute control means your leadership is not distributed. Therefore, you do not share it with your dog. You take control. If you say, walk by my side, before you take that dog into a public area, especially if you know your dog is a bit reactive, if you even think that there's a chance that your dog could try to attack someone, or even someone else's dog, because that usually leads to a human being attacked because they try to break up the dog fight. Make sure that your will is law. And that's what that means when it's autocratic. Your will is law. One person, if you tell that dog to heal, walk, whatever you use, that dog should come immediately by your side, 
stay by your side, not leave it to bite someone, lunge at someone, harass someone. It should be exactly there until you tell it, it no longer has to be there. Period. That 34% rise in aggression uh, due right after people stopped taking the autocracy as, as this norm with dogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, when it was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not old enough to remember that. I was, I'm a 90s kid, but I'm, I'm sure you are, Brian, back in the day when people were just, dogs listened because we made them listen. It just, it is what it is. And oh, I'm writing a new book and it says as a parallel with children. Mm-hmm. We're no longer parents. We're their best friend. Well, we'll talk about that. I got a lot to talk on that subject. Here's a whole, whole episode on that. But yeah, another thing is you stop to greet someone, sit down, whatever, and do that and do it immediately and keep doing it until I tell you to do something else. That is the way it has to be. Yes, it may be your friend. It may be man's best friend, woman's best friend. I don't care. That comes second. Your primary concern should be my welfare because I'm the unsuspecting person if I don't get a warning. That's who I am. I was running one morning, it's five o'clock in the morning, it's pitch black dark. I'm running through this neighborhood like I always do. But on this particular morning, the owner was out front with their dog. He had no control of his dog and his dog ran off the property and he bit me in my calf. Now, I was listening to a book with headphones while I was running education while you're getting physical education. Uh, Worked like a champ until that day happened. From that day forward, I never, ever walked with headphones on again. Ever. I want to hear that animal as it approaches. But guys, control. Had that owner been able to call his dog back to him? No issue. Had that dog known how to stay? No issue. But again, we don't believe in making our dogs do anything. But by golly, that's what's required when you take your dog out in the public. This is no all positive thing. I think that's all positive. You're positively going to do exactly what I tell you to do, or otherwise I have no right being out there. Hey, remember, it's a privilege. And then the other thing is, we've confused with who's to blame, who's responsible. I mean, when people, when dogs get into a tag, just like that young couple, all these words are being thrown back and forth. The next thing you know, everyone's talking lawsuit. And I get that. You can't drive anywhere in America. You can't be five minutes behind the wheel of a car that you don't see some billboard with some silly, smiling personal injury attorney. And I always wonder, why are you smiling? Isn't this about tragedy? Really? <clears throat> That's a growl. Okay, just so you know. Um, but again, it goes back and forth. And now we're more worried about who's going to get sued compared to what, what are you going to do to prevent this from happening again? That's already happened. That's in the past. Use it. It may be bad, but use it. Learn from it. I think that's why people don't accept responsibility. They don't say, I'm sorry, because they're CYA. They're worried that they're going to get sued. And if they say, I'm sorry, they try to accept responsibility for it. Well, they're to blame, right? Yeah. Well, so I, I even been asked by my insurance company before when I was in a car wreck that was not my fault. Did When you uh, got out of the car, did you apologize for any reason? And it said, no. Like, Good. And yeah. So, so it is an a, a, a insurance thing mm-hmm. as far as a responsibility. That in lawsuit. Yeah. 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 It scared people to death. Right. Now they're scared. To death, we can't even be human. Can't say I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really, really, really bad. All right, everyone, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up on what we need to do, why we're being so confused, and 
see if we can just move this thing forward. And I would like to see next year this thing drop down to 0%. Zero. I know that's a lofty goal, but the thing is here in America, we can do it. Americans can do whatever they put their mind to. So let's get these minds clear up. If there's any confusion out there, we're going to clear that thing up right now. Because again, thinking right leads to doing right. All right, we're going to take a short break and we come right back. We're going to get right back at it. And we're going to solve this darn thing and get it out of here. Because again, as you can tell, I am upset. Real upset. All right, guys, we'll be back a couple of minutes. Sit, stay. I mean it. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about a very dangerous situation, a growing situation here in America in which there's an alarming number of dog bites to people that are occurring off of our properties. And we've been kind of discussing what we believe is driving this. Uh, there's a record number of people that are fraudulently passing off service dogs uh, to gain access, unfettered access to areas that they would have never been able to, to have a dog in that area. So a bite would not have occurred because the only dog that would have been in that area or in that store or in that restaurant would have been a valid service dog. 
But again, we have all these dogs were in vest, and now they have unfettered access to human beings that they would have never been able to have had the, their owners been obeying the law and the rules. But again, we brought up, maybe they don't know what that is. Maybe they're, they're confused. Uh, so we've been going down a list of, of what is and what isn't a, a service dog. And we've been talking about confusion. And we said that a lot of people are confused about rights and privileges regarding their dogs. We talked about being confused uh, or disillusioned about uh, disabilities versus not disabilities. I encourage you, if you have any question about that and what is a real service dog, go on the Americans with Disabilities Act website. Go on to the ADA website and you can look that up and they'll tell you exactly what that is and what and what they accept for that. Um, we also, talk- also staying up to date with your state law is important because yes. there's a lot of states that they allow, you know, self-owner trainers to train their service dog. Um, and then like Tennessee, the state that we're in currently is, does not allow that. You have to have a professional trainer train your service animal. Oh, and that's a whole nother episode oh, right there. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things. There's so many, there's so many worms in this can, yeah, right. uh, but we'll definitely try to get to those over the next couple episodes. Then we talked about confusing autocracy with democracy and went over that. And then we confused uh, uh, who's the blame, you know, are you the blame or I'm the blame? A lot of confusion with regard to that. And I think everyone's just scared stiff when it comes to lawsuits. Uh, and then there's another one uh, in which I wrote, uh, we've confused properly restrained with property lines. It's almost as though you believe that Anything that happens on your property, you're covered. Now, again, you still may be with insurance, as we talked about earlier. But regardless, if you're the victim, and I've been there, if you've been bitten by someone else's dog at that moment, you don't care. As you're looking down, this animal's got its teeth sunk in your body. You really don't care at that moment if you're on someone's property or if you're not. That is not your immediate concern. And I think that when, you know, as I write that when, when dogs attack, it may be global, but the pain is local. It's right there on you. And we need to be more concerned about preventing attacks than where the location of the attack occurs, period. That same training that you use out in the public as soon as soon as someone that is a, not a part of your immediate family, your immediate family, as soon as they visit you, they just brought the public to you. So you are in the public. And I cannot tell you how many homes I've walked into, how they're not transparent. You think you're going there to help someone with one dog. Oh, I have this dog and it's a big mix. And yada, yada, yada. But then when you walk in, there's three of those big mixes and all three of you are attacking you. And the mentality of two or greater dogs in an attack is to kill. And that happened to me. What was that about four years ago when that occurred? Yes. That was very scary. And at the very end of it, well, at least she apologized, probably because she saw the look on my face that said, apologize or die. Well, she was uh, sobbing, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. She was telling me, and she's going, this, see, this is why I can't have my family over. It's why I can't have the public over or my dogs. And I'm thinking, you think? Really? Uh, I barely got out of that house alive. 
But she used me as a bite test dummy simply because I had the word professional in front of my name. And that's not right. You're, you, again, guy, where's think? Having a dog in this country is a privilege. I've been to 39 countries. And I can tell you the places that I've been where you don't own a dog. You can't afford a dog. Your government simply won't let you have a dog. It's a privilege. And we've got to start stop acting like a bunch of spoiled brats and just taking our dogs everywhere we want to go. We got to heed. We have to be concerned about the welfare of other people, whether it's on our property or off our property. We have to have restraint systems that work. We have to have good fences. If you have an underground containment system, make sure it works. Everyone outside of your immediate family does not deserve to be a bite test dummy for your dog. It just does not. And your so, dog doesn't deserve your irresponsibility. No, because guess what happens to them? Yeah, yeah. They get put down. They pay the ultimate price. Yeah, it's the death penalty for them. Yeah. Now, you may wish you were dead by the time these, again, these smiling personal injuries, uh, personal injury attorneys get a hold of you. You may wish you were dead. Right. But a lot of them, unfortunately, are put down just due to the poor decision-making yeah. by their owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, again, I think for us to do right, again, we have to think right. And I hope we've given you a couple ideas on, on thinking about before you go out there. But no matter what, we, at a minimum, we need to consider the safety of others and take control of our dogs on and off our properties. We need to think about someone else. Instead of pointing that finger at someone else in blame, turn that finger right back in your direction. There's an old adage, when the archer misses his mark, may he look at himself for air, look within for air. At least he be reminded he has four other fingers pointed right back at him. That's what we need to do. Before you go off your property, before someone comes on your property, so it's either going into public or bringing the public in, make sure your dog know this. And if you don't know it, be a good zookeeper and put the animal up. But make sure you have absolute control over your dog. Now, again, there are dogs who are gentle giants and gentle tiny little dogs. They are. No concern. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe not the tinies. Tiny stuff. <laughs> well, it still hurts. Yeah, right. But we, you know who, who you are. Make sure you have control of your dog. Do be concerned about someone else. They're human beings. Be transparent about our physical and emotional needs. And utilize a trained service dog if you need one. If you need one, then utilize one. Or learn how to cope being in the public without one. Learn that. Find some joy with being out in the world without a dog. I know that's hard to do sometimes. I'm not, not for me. I mean, I love our dogs, but trust me, there are times where I'm going, I am so glad my dog isn't with me right now. Uh, he'd be crawling all over here or wanting to snip this or bark at that or whatever. I know that. So again, I keep them home. I don't take that particular dog into the public. Uh, a bit of a reactive animal. I'm not going to do that to him because I got to think about him. What does he feel like when he's out in the public? Scared. Yeah. So I'm going to leave him at home where he feels safe and secure. Again, now everyone else is safe and secure. So every, it's a win-win situation all the way around. We have to learn how to say I'm sorry. We do. And not be afraid of it. Because when you do that, when you look at someone, you say, I'm sorry then you know that you're at fault. And hopefully if you know you're at fault, 
something, something will tap into that inner thing called being a human. That wonderful thing that we all have that says, dang, dang, I feel bad. But not only do I just feel bad, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. That's how change happens. It happens with action. And as I advise people all the time, it's not enough to practice. You have to practice perfectly. Otherwise, you simply create bad habits. You have to understand the world in which we live. People are walking around looking at their smartphones. They're not looking at you and your dog. They've got headphones in. We're a distracted creature right now. We are. I wrote a blog titled Seven Seconds. It talks about the short attention span that we have. And then, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to some parents. Again, some parents are incredible. I've met some really good ones lately. Thank goodness. But I've met some that will allow their three-year-old to just walk right up to your dog. But again, if you have a dog that's going to try and bite a three-year-old in the face, then don't take your dog where there's any chance that you can encounter a three-year-old. It's called smart. Think. Inhale. In survival situations, I always train. The second you think you're lost, the second you think your world has just collapsed around you, that you don't know where you are, and you know you don't have any water, sit right then. Be immobile. Breathe. Think. The answers are all around you. And I think we just need to slow down. Thinking right leads to doing right, guys. It just does. So if you're confused any further, go on our website, go on a radio page. I have a link to the blog. And also on our website, we have the blog page itself. Read the blog. It's a little bit more detailed than what the show was. If you have any questions, reach out to me. That's Brian with a Y at TamingTheWild.com. Send a message through Facebook. Reach out, people. We'll be glad to help you. And if you do think that you, you've got a disability that maybe straddles the fence, we'll help you out with that as well. Try and help you get that cleared up. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Make sure that you tune in next week because we are going to be talking about a very hot debate, training methodologies. Which one is best for achieving your training goals? Because there's a methodology for every training goal. And we're going to talk about those in great detail. All right, guys, I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Joshua. Thank you, Kara. It's been a great week and hope you have a safe week and keep yourself safe and keep the public safe when your dog is out in it. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild in Your Dog next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.